guys, so welcome back to another ESL podcast. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual, and today we're getting into space travel. We've already discussed about terraforming, okay, in the previous podcast. So now we're shifting our focus. But before we even get into this, let's do some brainstorming, okay? Now let's look at it this way. We're going to call it the new space race, okay? What you're going to do is brainstorm what you know about the two topics, developing space travel and finding new planets. So if I have the uh, ability and, oh my God, there are things falling everywhere. I am going to actually brainstorm these topics out loud in a free speaking task. So when we think about, or when you think about space travel in general, Developing space travel, I did one of those TOEFL IBT uh, exercises, and it was actually a coaching session with one of my students, and it was about space travel. And it was indicating that we have not, we need to find a better way of propelling spaceships into orbit. Um, Again, if you look at the likes of Falcon Heavy, okay, that was the big success that Elon Musk, the very exuberant Elon Musk, Uh, He had about, what, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, Falcon Heavy. But the thing is, it's too heavy. If you look at, uh, of course, the amount of weight that that massive shuttle had. But again, can you only imagine if it was traveling that speed and, you know, it picked up speed, even if it picked up a tremendous amount of speed, we still, if we could even get our spaceship, okay, our spaceships, our whatever you want to call it, to travel the speed of light, oh my God, it would still take, I think, four to five years to get to the nearest star. So we would have to pack enough food to get there, okay, in four to five years. Is that doable? Yeah, somewhat, because again, but we don't have anything that travels the speed of light. Do you guys know how fast that travels? My goodness, it's millions upon millions miles per hour. All right, so honestly, if we're talking about man, people, I mean, how long did it take for these little uh, Voyager, ta- Voyager little shuttles to get to the heliosphere? Okay, that's the point beyond Pluto. It took probably about 10 years, right? Or was it 10 years? Or it had to be like 40 years. I could be completely mistaken. But um, guys, I mean, it's just going to take too long. And you could only imagine 10 years, that's only to get to the end of our solar system. To get to the next star, I mean, Mars takes, I think, six months. The moon takes, oh my God, was it a couple of weeks? I looked it up just recently, too. So, guys, in saying that, to get to the nearest star, it would take thousands of years. We would have to reproduce on a space shuttle or in a space shuttle, okay? Like, we would have to reproduce and teach our children, and then they would have to, like, dispose of our dead you know uh, bodies at the age of 90 and continue doing that for the next thousand years that's impossible it's impossible to do so we have to figure out a way where we can literally go and you of course you guys have seen some of the videos of the department of defense releasing the ufo objects that are flying at obscene speeds and again think about them think about the technology that's on other planets in the universe They're far, they're millions upon billions possibly years ahead of us. We're just beginning. 
Guys, we literally just used the White Wright brothers that we took to the skies in the early 1900s, the 1910s, I believe. We've only been doing this 100 years. So if we actually fast forward and if we still exist 10,000 years from now, oh man, you could only imagine how fast we're going to be going then, but it's going to take another million years to get to the rate that we're trying to get to to get to the nearest star, which is obviously a sun, and then get to one of these planets. So. Guys, in saying that, man, let's let's look at no, we're, again finding new planets. It's a beautiful thing. I honestly, that would be the greatest accomplishment in my life. That would be the greatest happening in my life. I don't care about relationships. I don't uh, marriage and this that. I don't care about money. I don't care about any of that. If I get to, if I have the opportunity to see an alien, okay, of another planet, that would trump everything in my life. Because think about everyone else who has died before me. They wouldn't have had the opportunity to see something living outside of our planet. Come on, guys. It's insane. So that's why the curiosity is embroiled in us. But a lot of us don't have this so, the same curiosity in terms of bettering ourselves and our life. That's another discussion for another day. But with that being said, guys, you have, again, a nice little task on my blog. You're going to number the main points one through nine in the order each student mentions them. And of course, you have myself that will discuss this right after. So guys, in saying that, make sure you lower your volume to a respectable uh, uh, level. And here we go.
Virgin Galactic.
<laughs> SpaceX. Wow. So in saying that, again, getting into the particulars in terms of money and all that stuff, completely understand. Now, Virgin Galactic, you know, it's very unfortunate. If I actually check out some of the shares, Virgin Galactic. Uh, now, this is ran by, oh my God, what's his name? It's part of uh, Richard Branson. There we go. Brunson. There's so many different Brunson, Branson people out there. Richard Branson okay, is the founder, along with Bert Rutan, all right? The CEO, although, is George Whitesides. Now, the stock price, don't worry too much about that, only down like 0.06 cents. Um, but again, it's still interesting knowing that Virgin Galactic is, is, is literally creating, um, what is it? They're, they're creating, uh, oh my God, what is it I'm trying to say? Oh, they're creating these aircraft that is very similar to the Concorde. Now, if you guys don't know what the Concorde is, you could revert back to some of the, the famous aircraft. But however, they have a terrible crash uh, safety rating. And um, they had a very unfortunate Air France. Uh, that's because there was like a piece of equipment that was on the tarmac. And so this thing took off, caught fire, completely destroyed and killed everyone that was on board. This was at the beginning of 2000. And then I think in November of 2001, they retired it. This was the fastest plane ever, but it could only fly over water because the sonic boom. A sonic boom is an extreme, extraordinary, it's, it's an extraordinarily loud boom noise. Uh, fighter jets achieve this sound, uh, and it's all about just breaking the speed of sound barrier, okay? And saying that, it lost a lot of money. Um, it was very expensive. It was very fast, but they hurry up and retired it at the end of 2001, just shortly after the September 11th attacks. Well, Virgin Galactic came along and said, we're going to fly something out in one of those spheres. I don't know what you call the sphere, but basically an airplane that travels so high and so quick. And this is going to be able to get people, like, to see outer space. And so I'm looking at the aircraft right now. I wish I could show you guys, but this is a podcast. But again, Virgin Galactic, uh, they post a $60 million loss. Uh, but they're apparently they're itching towards space tourism flights, such as what I just mentioned to you guys. And on top of SpaceX partnering with NASA not too long ago, well, Virgin Galactic, over the last 11 hours, now I'm doing this at the beginning of May. You guys are going to hear this probably, what, second, third week of May. So let's just say about two weeks ago, they have literally announced a partnership with NASA. Now, NASA has stopped sending anything into orbit with man because their ultimate, uh, it was a, a catastrophe. The Apollo, I don't know if it was Apollo 11, 12, or 13. 
but it blew up as it was uh, going up, and that was the end. I think that was in the 70s or 80s. Excuse my ignorance, but um, that was it. NASA said, we're not doing this anymore. And so then, of course, these private companies came about, and they started, hey, they started reaching for the stars, literally. SpaceX, again, giving you guys those numbers. SpaceX had, um, what is it, back in 2014, they had six launches. Uh, they had two launches back in 2012, and then they had nine launches back in 2016. You could only imagine how often he's doing it now. I'm pretty sure that it's probably in the 20 range right about now because they are launching a, a, a grip of them, a grip that is slang for a lot. So, um, but again, exoplanet and the, uh, what is it, the transiting method, it's very interesting. Uh, 1992 was the first discovery of an exoplanet. And then in 2000, 1992 was the first discovery. 2002, 42. 2012, 140. Two years later, you're already up to 1,000 planets. So again, that whole method is fascinating. But of course, I won't get into that because that is extremely way over my head. But in saying that, guys, that's some space talk for you. I don't have Bill Nye here with me, but that's good enough. And with that being said, guys, thank you. Do the task on my blog. If you have any questions, you make sure you tune in to me. I'm your host, as always, over and out.